Welcome to Family Life Today, brought to you with the compliments of this station and power to change. We're always encouraged to receive your feedback and comments on the program, but I'll tell you how you can do that at the conclusion. But now, here are your Family Life Today presenters, Dave and Ann Wilson. So I think every marriage carries quiet, silent hurts. And disappointment. Yeah. I mean, we don't always talk about them, but Mm -hmm. I know I was disappointed and I carried around hurt that I never verbalized. I had no idea. I actually thought you were good because I'm such an amazing husband (laughs) that you're carrying around for decades hurts. Just wounds from the past. Yeah. Not feeling worthy and not realizing because we get so busy in our marriages and our lives and many of us are parents or we have blended families and we're just trying to get through the day, not realizing some of those disappointments, pain and hurts are being hidden or pushed down and they're affecting every part of our life. And when they come out, it can go one of two ways. It can split the marriage up or it can bring a bond that's deeper than it ever would have gotten to. If it was always hidden. and But kept. it's hard to get there. Yeah. And so we're going to jump back in with Ron and Nan Deal with their story that we began yesterday. But uh, again, I'll say welcome back. Thank you. Thank so it's good to be here. I mean, you guys back. went places yesterday. I think our listeners, I mean, we ended. We're like, well, we're not even, I don't know, how far were we? Halfway? Mm-hmm. Not even halfway but through if, your story. if you didn't hear it, please go back and hear the beginning because you want to hear the whole thing. You guys, we love your honesty. Thank you for sharing this. I think we all need to hear it because we're all living in places that it hasn't been easy. And in the Mm -hmm. church, sometimes we don't always say that. Right. Yeah. And in family life, I mean, Ron, you're known as the director of family life blended. And that means I'm perfect. That means you're perfect. We all have you on a pedestal. Perfect marriage. (laughs) In some ways, that's what people think, even though you never said that. But because there's a mic or because you're on stage Mm -hmm. or you wrote a book, people think, well, your marriage has struggles, but nothing like ours. No, yours was really struggling. Again, I'd say, listen to yesterday. Okay. So here we are. I'm guessing you're (laughs) married. I don't know how many years you've got three boys. Mm Mm-hmm. You're living sort of separate lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ron's killing it in ministry. Nan, you're at home stuffing away and feeling unseen. And yet you Take still love one another. We yes. do. But you are angry, Nan. And I think there were seasons where Ron would really try. I would go to some conference or I would be in some Bible study trying so hard. I want to be better for him. And... I'd always get back into that same rut. Like I said, we had this ugly dance. Yeah. And likewise, I felt convicted doing the work that I was doing, constantly looking at myself going, okay, I need to alter this, change this. And I would say, you know, the first 10 years, I was really blind to me. The next five years, I was, oh, wow, I got work to do. I need to start recognizing some things that I've come out of my family with. Why do I think that? Where's that coming from? Like doing a lot of self-analysis. But we never really kind of put all the pieces together. And I don't think I ever really owned my pride and just how much I was driven and how that became 
you know, the other woman, so to speak, was my mm-hmm. my work and my drive. We moved to Amarillo and same thing, going and blowing, going and blowing even yeah. harder. And I, you know, and we had six, financial demand. So I felt right. like I had to travel, work harder. And, and the just, boys are on the cusp of preteen. And I remember going to another one of those conferences, a ladies conference and feeling convicted mm-hmm. to say something to him again. And maybe he'll hear me this time. Ron, this is too much. We're here. And I'd always get that. I'm doing this for God. What do you what do you mean? Mm -hmm. But this weekend was different. I had packed a bag and I waited till the boys were asleep. And I said, it's you or me, buddy. It's you or me. I'm not doing this anymore. And he fell to his knees and said, I'll do whatever it takes. So he calls a friend, Terry, in town. But he's got a two year waiting list. And I said, I don't care. You or me. So he calls him, and the next day we're in his office. Mm. That is God's grace Absolutely. and mercy. We are evidences of God's grace over and because over, and that was is, one of those moments. Because this is two years before our son passes away. And so we go in, and that first session, I looked at Ron, and I looked at Terry, and because and, Ron picked him <laughs> out, and I said, okay, we're going to go in here, but no funny business between the two of you. <laughs> Layman's terms. Layman's terms. And it was a beautiful thing because Terry nailed Ron's (laughs) patootie to the wall during that first session. It was so beautiful to watch. What did he say? What do you mean by that? What happened? May I tell that? Please do. We walked in the first session and Nan started talking and for 20 minutes talked about how lonely she was. Mm. She laid it out. Um, I sat and listened and even then in my head I was doing the, yeah, but defensiveness Mm. that I'm so good at. Terry just looked at her and did a simple little reflective statement. Number one, he pinpointed Nan's deepest bruise, abandonment. And number two, he showed me how arrogant I was. He just simply said, so Nan, what you're telling me is the reason Ron threw you under the bus, abandonment, is because God told him to. And instantly, I was cut to the heart because I knew in that moment, God would never tell me to do that. But that's what I've been claiming. And I am really wrong. I don't even know, begin to know how I've got to wrestle with this whole thing. And that led me down a road of studying pride and humility, which is something we still talk about every single day of our lives. I was deeply convicted and had I, no idea where to go mm-hmm. at that moment. But And you cried that session hard. And, you know, I had been so hurt that you would think that that would have melted my heart. And I just sat there and in my pride thought, good, now you're getting yours. Finally. Mm-hmm. Finally. But that was the beginning of Ron's humbling. Mm-hmm. Did you apologize, Ron? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Over and over and over again. But, you know, even, uh, I mean, fast forward another 15, 20 years Mm -hmm. from that moment, and I still apologize. Like, I still am finding Mm -hmm. those parts of me. I think we both are. That I'm like, oh, man, there it is again. Like, you know, it's not over. This journey's not over. God's (laughs) Mm -hmm. still sanctifying uh, us. But, I mean, the story isn't, okay, 
that one session did it. Well, it was a healing yeah. moment, and it began to turn a corner, And but we still had trust issues. We still had hurt and anger and resentment and, and Two years, Terry worked with us, yeah. and he looked me straight in the eye and said, Nan, this brokenness, this woundedness, this family of origin, this these wounds that you have, if you would allow God to heal that, it will be the most beautiful part of you. And I sat there and I said, what are you saying? And then two years later, our son Connor passes away. The bottom drops out. And I've never felt more abandoned in my life. Mm. By God. Mm. So I've got a truckload. I mean, I really feel like it was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. Mm. And it was a truckload of abandonment on abandonment. And I mean, we did everything right. This is the son that I'm connected to. This is this is our mm-hmm. life here. I'd never known such pain. I'd never known such anguish. I've never known such heartache. And I didn't know how to do it. So you went from my family's abandoned me, my husband's abandoned mm-hmm. me, but now God has abandoned me. And you've taken something so sacred, something that I was really good at Mm. and something that brought me so much joy. And I would cry out to him and I'd hear nothing. I'd feel nothing. There were times when I wanted to take my life. You know, it's just one of those heartaches like none other. And at the beginning, we grieved Together, we were thrust together. And for four years, we were just like together. And it was like, I felt like I'd in some ways gotten my husband back. Yeah. And And I want to add, think about the significance of that. Again, in hindsight, we were reeling from the loss of our 12-year-old son. And the gap between us had been closing. But now out of pure survival, it had to close. It had to just completely close. And everything else in the world stopped mattering. You know, we Wrong talk about how travel. yeah, how grief recalibrates you. And it's like, so all the things that we kind of selfishly pursued in the world all of a sudden seemed stupid and dumb at that point mm-hmm. in time. And so it's sort of like pushed everything in the world away from us and thrust us together. And, and we for were... four years, we grieved together. Mm-hmm. We were saying the same things. We were feeling the same things. And I just felt like I had a partner in this. But I also need to say that we had had some very well-intentioned friends that had left alcohol in our home after the funeral and said, hey, if you ever need to just take the edge off, we left you something. We weren't teetotalers but maybe be an anniversary or birthday but you know one glass and but it wasn't a regular thing for us but what started out as a I think that might help I want to try that because the pain was so intense and prescription medication to help sleep help the anxiety help the depression became a full-blown addiction for me and an abuse of all of those substances So what started out very innocent was a 12-year numbing problem for me. Mm. Ron, did you have any idea? Yes and no. Yes, I knew she would have a glass of wine before going to bed at night. No, I didn't know 
After I went to sleep, she'd get up and have three more. He didn't know the extent of all the medication I was taking on top of that. And, and we any, didn't know, neither one of us knew the drug interaction between the alcohol right. and the prescription meds. And that was a really toxic sort I mean, of if thing. Anybody that has dealt with substance abuse knows once you do a certain amount, you have to up the ante because once you get to a certain level, tolerance. You, the tolerance is there. Unbeknownst to me, I didn't know that alcohol and these prescription drugs and other things that I was trying to take to sleep is causing that vicious cycle of you can't sleep. Your anxiety is worse. Your depression is worse. And honestly, after four years, our grief journeys took a turn. And Ron went another way, and I was still ruminating and circling in my grief and angry. And there was a day, one day, when Ron just said, you know, babe. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I don't know what to do with this. You keep going. You've got to not keep doing this. And, And I heard. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Which is what I said to her for years and years and years early in our... So it sounded very much like the exact same thing. And let me run this by you. I, And I think how our grief separated was... I don't know. This seems a little simplistic, but I was trying to figure out how to move toward God. Yes, you at were. That, yes, you after were. year five or so mm-hmm. in in the grief and sadness, and you were resentful and angry and felt abandoned by him and so he was unsafe so why move toward him right and so that just inherently put us in very different places where we kept trying to close that gap and love on each other and serve each other well there became antagonisms in the midst of that and uh, challenges and then well, and the to escalation be of behavior. Frankie took the job here, which was a huge platform, a big stage. Everybody loved him. He's the expert. Mm. And my don't wake that dragon, because, mm-hmm. you know, Terry had kind of calmed that down. Mm-hmm. And I started to see Ron change. And then he was at my side at a very heartbreaking time and then it's you're not doing grief right and i've got a platform and everybody in this building loves me and let me just tell you Hmm. it got ugly Mm -hmm. the drinking got worse and the bitterness and the anger and really i had my hand up to god i didn't want to hear scripture i didn't want to hear songs i didn't i closed myself off to everything that had any light in it and I believe that's the season when um, the enemy took a foothold, not just a foothold. He took up residency because mm-hmm. anything Ron said, anything that was done inside of me, I am just angry. Tell me what was going on in your head. Like, what were the thoughts that would come to your head? If only you all knew. What he had done, what, what he, he was capable done, of. What he's what... capable of, how he's hurt me. And what were the thoughts that you were feeling about yourself? You're a mess. I mean, there are a couple of times that I tried to quit and I had so much withdrawal. I thought, okay, great, Nan. Your husband's got this huge platform, this big ministry. He's this, I mean, everyone loves him and you're going to have to go to rehab. You'll ruin his career. You'll ruin his name. And ironically, I just have to add, you know, earlier in our marriage, I would have been 
so angry and devastated about that because it would have reflected negatively on me, I think. I w- that's the way I graded myself, right? But ironically, at this season of our marriage, I could care less. Mm. I wasn't worried about any of that. And yet, we couldn't come together around mm. what was needed. Did you know it didn't us. matter to him at that point? or No. Because no. you kept it quiet. Yeah, right. And, didn't. you know, my boys, I'm empty nest. My, you know, I've got one that's moved off and one that's college. And, you know, if he did travel, I'm at home with the dog. And, you know, I can drink as much as I want or I can just numb and... Um, totally hiding. Mm-hmm. Totally hiding. Yeah. Totally hiding. And I would look at myself in the mirror and say, you're a mess. You either need a mental hospital you need rehab. I would just think about what's happened to you. Who are you? And it was about 2019 when I was white knuckling it to work. And I was just like, I know my heart is as black as coal. I know it's as hard as the stone, God. I don't even know if you would take me back at this point or if you could even create a clean heart in me. I have no clue. I was spiraling in 2019. It got ugly. And, you know, it's just the amount that I was drinking and taking was awful. And I wasn't eating a whole lot. And I know I just wasn't. I just felt like I was just a toxic mess. And, no, there were times when I wanted to say something to Ron, but I I just didn't even know. I felt so ashamed. Mm -hmm. I hated myself. I hated myself for thinking those things, saying those things in my head, ruminating over those things. And it's like I couldn't unhook from the pain. And I felt it 24-7 of the grief and the loss, the abandonment. I mean, I felt like I'd made a mess of my life. And um, I didn't know how to stop. And I tried a couple of times, and I didn't know Mm -hmm. how to stop. And I didn't know who to turn to for help. On my side, I was wrestling constantly with, how do I love her? How do I serve her? What can I do? And I don't want to be near this person. I don't like her at all. Mm -hmm. I could feel that. I loved her. I've told her I never stopped loving her, even in the worst of those moments. But I didn't like her, and I didn't know what to do. You didn't didn't know there was an addiction. No, I didn't know there was that, that drug interaction thing that was going on that was... I just knew she wasn't sleeping well and oh. memory loss. Like there were there were things she was doing that she didn't have conscious awareness of because of the drug interaction. Yes. And so neither one of us were really keen to all that was going on below the surface in this period of time. Um, and, and then that. something great happened. COVID. COVID. <laughs> COVID. Ron goes on a five-day trip. He prefaced, which I took it wrong, of course. He prefaced, hey, I'm going on this five-day trip. I've got this, this, and this. I'm not going to be very much available to you. And that so. was me trying to serve her and let her know what was coming. Because <laughs> and all I hear is, so, hey, I'm not going to be available because i got to serve all these other people. So, and do you're my not wonderful as important. Stuff. Yeah, and you're not heard. as important. And that day he leaves, I get sent home from school. And I'm good at what I do. And I love teaching. And I'm really good at what I do. Mm-hmm. And... I get sent home, and when Ron travels, I get all of my dinners set up, and I get all of my people lined up so that I'm not alone, because Nan can't be alone with herself because she can't trust herself. And everybody's canceling on me because of this COVID thing. 
oh, I can't come to dinner. No, I can't come this weekend. My sister can't come. A friend can't come. And I am left alone. <laughs> and he's unavailable. And I go on the biggest bender. I am bottoming out. He calls me at one point on one night, and we get about five minutes. Well, I'm in between things, so, and I put a hole in the wall that night. And like he alluded to earlier, there were things that I was taking and amounts that I was drinking that would cause me to not remember certain things that I would do. So I'm calling him multiple times, leaving messages, calling him over and over and over as he's trying, like 51 times at one point. I'm calling my boys. I'm threatening to hurt myself. I'm getting a call from one of our sons saying, Mom, scaring me to death. My uh, daughter-in-law saying, you need to go up there and take care of your mom. And I'm totally unaware of all of it. And then I wake up that Sunday morning and the boys are calling me. And I am totally have tortured my family all weekend long. And Ron comes home from that trip. And the look he gave me was, I don't know who you are. And I thought it was over. Hmm. And I knew with myself it was over. I just didn't know what to do. I just at bottom. to thank David Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Does your marriage need a tune-up or perhaps a bit of an overhaul? Come to A Day Together, our one-day marriage conference that focuses on helping couples develop oneness in their marriage. For a list of dates and locations near you, see our website at families.powertochange.org.au. Until tomorrow, God's blessings.